Get ready to be jolted out of the ordinary and into a world where conversations are charged with intensity and facts. The Lightning Strike Talk Radio with your host, Mohammed Fahim, broadcasting live from the heart of the city on Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio, WCPT 820 AM. Welcome to a radio show that charges through the airwaves with an electricity like no other. Here's your host, Mohammed Fahim. Chicago and welcome to another edition of the Lightning Strike on WCPT, Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio Station. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. Joining me in the studio today is my co-host, uh, Ken DeLuke. Howdy, folks. And our intern, Tyree Pipkins. Good morning, everyone. And also uh, our other host on the show, John Arena, is calling in today. Good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I I finally tested negative for COVID after three days of of that. So uh, okay. thankful for uh, for science <laughs> helping me get through this. Okay, folks. Uh, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope that everyone have digested uh, those uh, turkey and uh, green bean casserole. And uh, what else uh, did you have, uh, John? Oh, we did prime rib this year. Oh, we man. bucked this traditional the traditional <laughs> meal, but it was very good. Man, uh, how come? Uh, which, which kind of turkey did you have that had prime rib on it? <laughs> <laughs> it was a very big turkey. <laughs> looks, looks like it must have been a real. Is that big... one of those cow duckins? <laughs> <laughs> cow duckins. <laughs> Okay, folks, uh, the focus on today's show is going to be things that we are thankful for, okay? Uh, we rarely get an opportunity, especially on talk radio, to express uh, our appreciation for all the great things that God has given us. So if you need to call in and talk about uh, you know, the blessings that you have received throughout the year, the number to call in is 773 763 9278 or WCPT. And uh, we're going to start off uh, the hour today, though, with our person of the week. And to introduce the person of the week is uh, Sheila White. Sheila, good morning. You're on. And to everyone, everyone, um, it's a great weekend. We have a lot to be thankful for. You are so right, Mohammed. Um, many things to be thankful for. And, uh, I'm thankful for a station like WTPT where we can just talk about some great things, some things that are going on in the world. Um, the guest today that we have as our person of the week is Burgundy Malone. And Burgundy Malone is the owner of Jet Juno Collective. And Jet Juno Collective isn't just a vision house, a fashion house. Mm-hmm. It's a vision for the world where art forms converge. And beyond business, Mrs. Malone, she shines as a motivational speaker. And she uses art, fashion, music, and visual arts. Um, so it's really, really awesome, and we're really happy to have her as our person of the week. Welcome, Burgundy Malone. Thank you. Thank you. How's everyone doing? Good morning, Burgundy. Thank you for coming on the show with us. Uh, man, uh, what, what, a, what a resume you have. <laughs> oh, I am a I am a, a entrepreneur. Okay. I am a disabled um, military veteran who became ill with an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. and I decided to start my brand, Jet Juno Collective, which is a fashion and media brand. So, Burgundy, where does the name come from? The name um, to Jet is means to move, and Juno is an asteroid. We always talk about planets. Uh-huh. But we never talk about asteroids, and we never talk about alignment. And so for me, um, I put the name together, Jet Juno, and that means ascend, my friend. Okay, but so it, uh, it, I meant where did the name Burgundy come from? Burgundy is a color of royalty, uh-huh. and Malone is called Malone. He's one of my favorite basketball players. He never got a ring. Okay. I felt like in the entrepreneurial ring. Uh-huh. So I was going to bring home that ring for him, so it's Burgundy Malone. So you you kind of named yourself as Malone, or were you, uh, were you uh, born with that last name? I I did name myself Burgundy Malone. Okay. I did as a fashion designer, as a creative, yes. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, you know, where did the name come from? Sheila, Burgundy is all yours. Okay, well, you know, 
Ascend My Friend. Juno means Ascend My Friend. And I am really excited to talk with our guest of the week today because, like I said, she has converged all of these different art forms, music, fashion, um, you know, art, visual arts, all of this into one, one platform. And I want you to talk a little bit, um, Burgundy, about what's happening in April of 2024. We're really excited about that. In April 2024, I'm having my first fashion show in Joliet at the Bicentennial Theater. It's, it's to bring autoimmune awareness because I have an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And I want to give back to the community to give Joliet. So we'll have vendors. We'll uh, incorporate some of the students from uh, the high school and bring awareness to autoimmune diseases and um, talk about entrepreneurship. So I'm very excited about that. That will be happening at the end of April 2024. Okay. Is that going to be on, on, on a weekend, Burgundy? Yes, it will be on a Sunday, April 21st. April 21st, Sunday. What time uh, do you guys plan to start? Around 3 or 4. We're still getting that together. Okay, that that means that we could finish the show over here and come out and visit with you. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, I would love that. I would love that. And I have a question, um, Burgundy. Why fuse those different art forms together? What was on your mind with fusing all of these different types of art forms into one type of convergence? Um, you know, fashion is art. Music is art. And I'm a person who loves music, I love fashion, and I love uh, bringing creatives together. So I decided to start Jet Juno Collective and bring different artists together um, in order to form my collective um, because art is not just one thing. And um, it was my brainchild because I like to do so many things that I found a way to put it all together. And, you know, Bergen, you mentioned um, the physical disability that you have, and I know that you use that as a superpower. Explain a little bit about the autoimmune um, uh, disorder that you have, disability that you do have, because it's an awareness that we're, you're doing for the April 2024 fashion show as well. Um, the name of my autoimmune disease is Sjogren's, um, and Sjogren's is a disease. It's not just a dry mouth disease. It actually... Uh, dries out different parts of your organs. It makes you tired. Um, uh, it, 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 it's, it's the unseen disease. People just think when you go to the doctor, oh, my, you have a dry mouth, dry eyes. That's mm-hmm. not it. It keeps you tired. Um, I had to retire uh, as an electrician um, because I just couldn't keep up anymore. And so um, that's one reason why I started Jet Juno Collective as well, because um, – I lost my career and I felt like instead of sitting down that I was going to get up and uh, with this autoimmune disease, uh, being the creative, it helps me um, to release um, all the pain. I'm always in pain. I'm always sick. I'm always tired, but I don't use that as an excuse. I continue to get up and go every day. And Virginia, you have overcome different obstacles. You, you emphasize, you know, self-love, acceptance, and, you know, expressive freedom. How is your mindset, your media mindset or mastery mindset helped you in your public speaking? Um, I would say I try to envision a world where, and my motivational speaking, where I put myself in other people's shoes. I, um try to get as much information as I can about people and I tailor the motivational speaking around their gifts instead of their deficiencies. And, um, that, that's pretty much, um, my mindset, find the positive in people, work with the positive, accept them for who they are and work, work with that in order to bring a community of, um, understanding and commitment and loyalty. And that's, that's my mindset. Wonderful. Uh, Burgundy, thank you so much for joining us on uh, WCPT on the lightning strike today. Uh, I really want to echo something, folks, that Burgundy said, that in order to find about somebody, you got to put yourself in their shoes, right? Uh, But most of us don't understand that in order to put yourself in someone else's shoes, you have to take off your shoes first. So once you get that down, 
then you are ready to step into someone else's shoes and find out what their life is all about, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay. Because things aren't what they always appear. On, on that note, folks, uh, Sheila and Burgundy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side of the break, we are bringing to, going to bring back uh, Michelle Alfano, who was our guest on the show last week, to talk about uh, what is currently happening with Eric Strang and his incarceration in uh, Iowa. Okay, so take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey folks, did you know there's a program in Illinois that if you qualify for it, would allow you to get solar installed in your home at no out-of-pocket cost? The benefit to you would be a reduction of your electric bill, possibly as high as 30 to 50%, and more importantly, you would take out the uncertainty of almost guaranteed future price increases imposed from your electric company. If you'd like to see if you can qualify for this program, call Ken DeLuke at 312-617-8979. That's 312-617-8979. Help us save the environment and change that electric bill burden. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, uh, good morning, guys. Uh, welcome back to the Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. In the studio with me today, Ken DeLuke and Tyree Pipkins. And the number to call in is 773-763-9278. Folks, we want to focus today on the things that we should be thankful for in our life. And one of the things that I am thankful for in my life is my introduction with Michelle Alfano. And uh, Ken, thank you so much for bringing Michelle to our notice and to our show last week. Just to keep everybody up to speed, if you did not hear the show last week, there's a gentleman named Eric String. He um, is in the uh, uh, Iowa correctional uh, system. Um, He has served 17 years for what would seem to be a very exaggerated sentence, and unfortunately, he's going through some major hassles right now. Uh, Michelle, since we spoke last week, and I know uh, Eric was supposed to be on the air with us, but uh, Friday before the show, they uh, committed him to solitary confinement. Can you give us an update on what's going on in that situation? Yes, good morning to everyone. Thank you for having me. And what I'm grateful for is my First Amendment freedom of speech, because I am here to talk about an unpopular topic, and that is solitary confinement, which, in my opinion, is being used as torture. And I'm referring to the Eric Strain case in Iowa at Newton Correctional in Newton, Iowa, which is six hours west of Chicago. I am there every weekend. I've been there for over two years. So I'm very familiar with what's going on. And Eric has been in solitary confinement. Today is day 10. He had a little break, and before that, he was also in solitary for 13 days. So basically, we're at the 23-day mark. And I will say that the United Nations says that solitary confinement is a torture when it is used more than 15 days. But that's consecutive days, so technically we're not quite there yet, but Lord, we are going there. And this is what torture looks like at Newton Correctional. This is what Eric's facing. He's in a cell that's about the size of a parking spot. He can touch the walls with with both of his hands raised. And in that cell, there are fluorescent lights on him 24 hours a day that are designed to disrupt a human being's sleep. He is technically allowed outside in a kennel. And I say, when I say kennel, you'll think of dogs, and that's exactly what it looks like. However, the people at Newton Correctional don't go into the kennel because it's too cold. So while he, on paper, is allowed out one day, one hour a day, he doesn't actually go out because he would catch pneumonia. It's too cold. Another thing he faces in solitary is the lack of food and also the lack of edible food. So 
It has been alleged at Newton Correctional. I don't have proof of this yet, but I'm working on it, that the people there are being fed chicken that is actually chicken body parts, like, for example, the chicken beak. And that is Mm. food that is not considered fit for human consumption. And quite frankly, I wouldn't feed it to my dogs. I have two dogs. I wouldn't feed them chicken body parts like the chicken beak. It gets ground up. And again, I, I, I don't have proof of this, but I would certainly like the prison facility to invite inside into their kitchen the Newton News journalist, Chris, Chris Braunschweig, who's fighting uh, or following Eric's case. And, and let's take a look. Why not be transparent and see what kind of food these human beings are being fed? Michelle? Because after all... Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry to, to stop you short there. Quick question, and I know you don't necessarily know the exact answer. Do you have any uh, opinions on why he has been uh, subject to the solitary confinement situation? What, what's your best guess on that? I do have some opinions, and I do want to emphasize opinions because I've called the Newton Correctional Facility about eight times, and they just keep telling me, call back Monday. I've spoken to Captain Waller, Captain Ross. I've left messages for the deputy warden, Sean Crawford. It's very much call back Monday, even though I have a release on file and I'm allowed to discuss Eric's case. And I ask, what are the charges? Nobody will tell. And when you think of our democracy, one of the basic foundations is if I'm being held for a crime, I have to know what the charges are. So we don't know what the charges are. But I will tell you, Eric was taken into solitary at 5 p.m. on November 17th. And the show last week was scheduled for Sunday, November 19th. So there's a very clear correlation there that somebody didn't want us speaking out. When I say us, I mean myself, because it's it's a heavy burden to speak for somebody who's being punished this severely. And, uh, of course, Eric had intended to call in, and in solitary confinement, you lose all human contact. No phone calls, no visits, no mail delivered. Um, Eric's in a college course. They won't give him his college materials. Only 15 people are in this one beautiful Grinnell class at, at the prison, and they're, they're going to make it so that he can't finish the class. Um, which brings me to the issue of tax dollars. Why are our tax dollars paying to punish people rather than focus on education, rehabilitation, Everybody at the Newton Correctional Center is coming back into our society. It is a treatment center. So well, uh, why are the, we torturing people? Yeah, one of the things that uh, that we have spoken about in the past, uh, in the last uh, week's show, also, folks, is how dysfunctional our correctional facilities are now. It has become uh, a big uh, business, uh, like. Uh, the numbers that uh, that I had come up with last week, uh, Ken, uh, we are spending over $80 billion on correctional facilities in our country at any given time. Right, and a, uh, the other number it know, costs between fifty to $60,000 a year per, per person, inmate. Per, per inmate, okay. It's, it's crazy, and they're not coming out, uh, you know, uh, with any functional skills to reintegrate back into into society, folks. The number to call in is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. I am Mohammed Fahim. With me in the studio today, Ken DeLuke and Tidy Pipkins. This is the Lightning Strike on WCPT, Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio Station. With us, uh, joining us on the show also is uh, John Arena. John could not be in the studio today. Uh, John just uh, is recovering from COVID. So, John, uh, continuing the conversation that we had, man, what do you say on this? Well, I think, you know, everything she's just described talks about um, 
you know, retribution and uh, penalties as opposed to uh, allowing people to, um, you know, better themselves, use this time to uh, come out better than they were when they went in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a biggest problem we have in our penal system. It, it's all about punishment and not about uh, uh, that idea of uh, just kind of retribution, societal retribution. Instead for, of rehabilitation. Yeah, so, exactly. Okay. And, and that's, that's, you know, this kind of, this kind of action for somebody who's fairly worked to uh, use this time where he could have been bitter. He's everything I've read about him just shows that he's a good person trying to do uh, the best he can with the time uh, he has while he's incarcerated. And uh, this is a system that's just trying to hide uh, him away from society. Well, it's uh, just one one person that we're talking about. But, Michelle, I, I believe that there are a number of other people uh, in the in that correctional facility over there who are facing the same uh, same situation as, as Eric is, right? Absolutely. It's, it's tricky for me to speak about other people's cases. Mm-hmm. I'm really advocating for Eric, but absolutely, this is something that impacts thousands of people, not only in the Iowa DOC system, but also Illinois mm-hmm. and across the nation, really. And, and, you know, solitary confinement, in my opinion, and I'm also taking some facts here from Prison Policy Initiative, it's inherently harmful. It causes permanent changes to people's brains, their bodies, their personalities. It causes this is what research indicates. It causes hallucination, panic attacks, paranoia. Um, people lose basic skills, like, for example, their sense of direction. So you're taking somebody who was inherently healthy, and, and quite often people are in prison because they made a mistake more than having a criminal personality. And this is particularly true when we're talking about teenagers. Eric's mistakes were made when he was 19 years old. And I would like anyone to raise their hand who didn't didn't make mistakes when they were a teenager, things that today, 20 years later, we look back and cringe. Who hasn't made mistakes? And I want to end... You know, it, uh, as much as I feel for what Eric is going through, uh, folks, we did write to the Iowa Attorney General to come on the show and uh, got a response back that uh, the Attorney General is not available and they will get back to us when the Attorney General is available. So definitely we will follow up with the Attorney General's office to see if we can get someone uh, and, and hold them accountable. One of the things that we have to remember, folks, is all of these uh, people that are there in these high, uh, you know, jobs over there, they work for us, okay? Uh, just because they are, uh, you know, they are the governor or the attorney general or the congressperson or, or the senator or something, uh, does not mean that they have special privileges, okay? Uh, they have more of an obligation to us, the people. Remember, in our form of democracy, it is government of the people, by the people, for the people. And once people uh, start uh, not realizing that, it is time to hold them accountable. It's coming up uh, on the half an hour, folks. We'll be taking a quick break, and we'll come back on the other side of the break. If you have stories that you want to share, things that you are thankful for, Feel free to call in. The number is 773-763-9278. You are listening to The Lightning Strike. I'm Mohammed Fahim. The Center for Strategic Solutions, your trusted partner in outplacement services. 
Are you a company in transition or an individual seeking a new opportunity? Our Chicago-based team specializes in providing personal outplacement services to employees. At the Center for Strategic Solutions, we're not just consultants. We're dedicated to your success. Ready to navigate change with confidence? Contact the Center for Strategic Solutions today at 847-306-9274. Visit us online at www.cfss.us or email info at cfss.us. The Center for Strategic Solutions, empowering employers and job seekers for success in the heart of Chicago. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Okay, folks, uh, welcome back. Uh, you are tuned in to the Lightning Strike on WCPT, Chicago's progressive talk radio station. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim, in the studio with me, Ken DeLuke, my co-host, and Tidy Pipkins, our intern, and hanging on to the boards and uh, getting us up. Uh, you know, in in tune and keeping us on track is also Dylan. And uh, Dylan, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I hope that you had uh, a good uh, Thanksgiving. And if you want to call in folks and talk about things that are good in your life, things that are positive in your life, uh, 773-763-9278 is the number to call in. And uh, Michelle, thank you so much for calling in and uh, giving us an update on what's happening with Eric. So sad to hear, but hopefully, like I keep on saying, folks, Four words in the English language that I live my life by. This too shall pass. And people will be held accountable for their actions. And we, we will keep up on this story. Oh, absolutely. We're not going to let this go, man. It's like, you know, a dog with a bone. And we've got uh, another Michelle on uh, on the line. or I guess our Michelle is back on the line. Michelle, you're back on the line with us. Hello? Hello? Yeah. So I, I thought that we had uh, dropped you. But again, uh, thank okay. you. For, okay. Uh, thank you for bringing us uh, uh, up to speed on what Eric was doing and uh, and how Eric is doing. And uh, you can be sure that we will continue to follow up on, on Eric's story. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for encouraging people to contact their state senators. I have those names if you need it, because what you said was so important. The state senators and state reps work for us, and I'm encouraging people to reach out to State Senator Ken Rosenboom, State Senator Brad Zahn, State Representative John Dunwell. Those are the three people who are, who are trying to help. Wonderful. Again, folks, uh, if you have stories that you want to share with us, you know, what you have been uh, thankful for this year so far. Uh, John, one of the things that uh, that I am thankful for is uh, that we have a democratic administration in place. I would have shuddered to think what would have happened if, uh, you know, to paraphrase uh, Biden or President Biden's uh, words, the other team was in play at this time. And especially with what is happening in, in the Middle East now with this uh, pause in the hostilities over there, um, the, uh, the hostages coming back home to their families and the Palestinian prisoners being released, uh, I really shudder to think what would have happened if our friend, uh, you know, uh, again, I don't want to take his name, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but everyone knows who I'm talking about, uh, was, uh, you know, at the White House. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, this is a really obviously a difficult situation to see from the outside. Uh, you know, it, it becomes very binary uh, in the news. Mm -hmm. uh, but the statesmanship that's required in a complicated, uh, you know, political environment that is the Middle East, uh, you know, Biden, whatever you want to say about him, good or bad, the guy has been in government a long time, being in the House and negotiating decades of bills in the House, being uh, in leadership in the Senate, uh, being the vice president for eight years. I mean, the, the amount of experience you gain 
from that and having that come to bear at a time when you have intractable positions on both sides in a conflict like this, just trying to move an inch forward and to get to the point where we're getting to a ceasefire, at least temporarily, and getting hostages released and taking steps to create a path forward. You know, this is a difficult work uh, in terms of a statesman. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to say thankful for the, the option we have here for, for the, uh, this person and to be in leadership, uh, I can't imagine where we would be if we were fumbling through this the way we did, uh, you know, in the previous administration. Right. You know, one of the things that, uh, and I have spoken up very strongly uh, on, on this uh, in the past uh, shows, folks, uh, that, yeah, something needs to be done. And I'd called on President Biden uh, to step up and be a statesman and not remain a politician. And I think what we are seeing now, John, as uh, what you are saying, that it is not something that you snap your fingers and it gets done. There's a lot of people and a lot of, uh, you know, things in play over here. And uh, to come up to this, to this point now, where at least there is a pause in hostilities, is uh, is a positive step, right? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, this this is it, but it's it's only a step, and things could fall back quick. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, everything is in is fluid and in motion. But these, this is the only way you move forward. It's very, very slowly, very, you know, uh, with the horrors of war that uh, have been inflicted on both sides. It, it takes an awful lot to make, you know, even small moves. And, uh, you know, they, they said that, you know, President, uh, even uh, Netanyahu, you know, said President Biden was directly involved in the negotiations. And that's what you need. you got to have that kind of... Uh, of uh, influence at to bear and be on the phone, making the phone calls and understanding the long road that led us here and knowing who the players are and, and how to talk to them and what their motivations are. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a moment where, you know, we, we do have to at least acknowledge that, you know, having that kind of experience is really important in this moment. Jan, that is so true. I mean, if you think about it, it's really easy for somebody to bash the people in power. Oh, he's doing this bad job and this, that, and the other thing. But there's the three most important questions in the world, and I've said this for many years, is compared to what? Okay, could you even uh, imagine where we would be right now if not on the brink of maybe World War Three or some other ridiculous steps because you have some fool that doesn't have any clue on what he's doing? I mean, it's really important to have competent people in play to make the right moves. And, you know, uh, having having said that, uh, folks, uh, again, guys, uh, we do have to call a spade a spade and hold people accountable also. So when I talk about sometimes, you know, that... The Israelis are not to be blamed, but rather the Zionists. And uh, then people say, oh, you're being anti-Semitic. No, I mean, you know, who are the Semites, folks? Let's, uh, let's clarify that first. Who are the Semites? Tari, do you know who the Semites are? Um, let's be real. I don't have a Okay, J- John, who, who are the Semites? Uh, uh, my understanding is it's the Jewish people. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, no, no. That's the problem. The the Semites are the people who spoke the Semitic languages. Okay, it comes uh, Mm -hmm. from uh, Abraham's, uh, you know, progeny. There was a guy called Shem, and uh, the people who, uh, you know, who flow from Shem speak the languages. So it could be the Jews, the Arabs, and the Christians living in that part of the world. They are all Semites. So uh, somehow the the media has latched onto this that oh you talk anything about Israel oh no you're anti-Semitic no 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 okay anti-Semitic means that I could be against the Jews and the Christians also so it's not so much about uh, you know the the Jewish people they are not the only Semites and, and remember one thing most of the people that are in Israel now. They are migrated, and a lot of them are, are from here, from from America. So mm-hmm. they they are not, uh, you know, 
Jewish perceive that that were born over there in that part of the world. So having said that, I think we got a phone call coming in. Let's see who is calling us and what you want to talk about, uh, folks. Again, the number to call in is seven seven three. Seven six three nine two seven eight. We wanted to focus today on positive things in our life, and one of the positive things that I am looking at again is this pause in this war that is happening over there. And uh, remember, keep, people keep on referring to that uh, the Gaza area is an open-air prison. It's not an open-air prison, my friends. It's an open-air concentration camp. Okay, prison is something that someone is put in. For something that they have done, most of the people there have not done anything. They've just been put into this huge area where they don't have any rights at all. But again, let us be thankful for small things and let us be thankful that things are moving forward one step at a time. And hopefully, my hope is that this is not a four-day truce, but it continues and this... uh, you know, this unusual, unnecessary harassment and war is, uh, uh, you know, is coming to an end. And I said uh, something that Howard does not agree with me. And let's see if uh, we can bring Howard on uh, as soon as Dylan comes back to the board. And uh, Howard is saying that the moderator is wrong. Man, I would love to sit down and have a cup of coffee and discuss things with you. Uh, Howard and I've got uh, Armin also wanting to talk about the Semites. Would uh, love to bring them back on as soon as uh, our boat operator comes back into into the room. We'll get you both uh, back on. So, uh, Dylan, I've got uh, Howard who is calling in to say that the moderator is wrong. Let's see. Let's bring Howard back on and see what. Uh, what have I said that is wrong, and how can we correct it? Howard, good morning. You're on the lightning strike with Mohammed Fahim and Kendaluk and Tyree Pipkins. You're wrong about the John Arena is, is also on with us. You're wrong about the origin of the term anti-Semitism. While Arabs and Jews and whatever are Semites, mm-hmm. the term anti-Semitism uh, originated in Germany, and it was designed to be a more sophisticated term than Judenhass. Jew hatred. So okay. anti-Semitism is originally directed at Jews as such, not as a particular group, even though there are other Semitic peoples. Anti-Semitism is particularly Jewish in origin. Well, uh, so the term anti-Semitism is Jewish in origin, but the word Semitic does not refer to the Jewish people alone, right? Yeah, but I. anti-Semitism, particularly aimed at Jews. Oh well, uh, if if you claim to be like that, it could be against anybody, right? So, but the word anti-Semitism. Its origin in Germany. It was a more sophisticated term than Judenhass, Jew hatred. Well, so, so Judenhass, yeah. uh, obviously, Judenhass was Jew hatred, and that was in Germany. I I agree with you totally on that. Okay, but uh, the term Semitic is what I wanted to bring to the attention of the people. And thank you so much, Howard, for calling in. Let's see what Armin has got to say about uh, the the Semites and uh, what we are discussing today. Good morning. You are on the air. Good morning. As always, I'd like to say peace be with you. Uh, Actually, the term anti-Semite has been used as a charge word. We understand that we live in an oppressive word society and throughout this society, many words have been used to stir emotions. Mm-hmm. What we don't recognize is that right now, today, the most anti-Semitic people are the Zionists because the Palestinians are Semitic people. And it's the Zionists that's committing genocide against them in a sense where they have, again, a 70-plus year military occupation constantly taking their land. It's almost the same as when the... Uh, Europeans came to the Americas, and they came up with all kinds of negative terms against the Native Americans to justify that genocide. To solve this problem, we have to be truthful. We all have to start being truthful and quit relying on our emotions. We have to start being moral and humane, because there's no, there's no humanity in what the Zionists are doing to the Semites in Palestine. Is there? Well, and uh, that is uh, that is what I wanted to bring out. Also, is 
uh, you know, we, we keep on hearing this. Anytime you speak up and say something, immediately you are labeled as your anti-Semitic. Uh, no, man, come on, let's talk about being a human being first, okay? Humanitarian uh, should uh, trump every other term that is out there. Uh, folks, you're listening to the... The Lightning Strike on WCPT AM 820, and the number to call in is 773-763-9278. I wanted uh, today's show to be more focused on the positive aspects of our life and what we should be thankful about, and, uh, you know, especially with Thanksgiving just being passed and we are heading into the holiday season there are a lot of things that we have to be thankful for. Let us uh, try to focus on that. And I mean, thank you so much for calling in and educating us about uh, who really uh, are the Semites at this point and, uh, you know, the the kind of things that are happening out in the world, folks. We have to take a stand. We have to step up and we have to speak up about it. We've got another caller coming in on the air. Let us see what uh, we have to discuss on this again. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, hello. Wiki. Wiki from Villa Park. Good morning, Wiki. Wiki, yes. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm having a lot of trouble with this discussion because it just sounds, and really, frankly, on both sides, I'm sympathetic to the Palestinian cause, mm-hmm. and I'm sympathetic to the cause of the Israelis. Um, I don't support Zionism, just like I don't support Hamas. I don't support violence and terrorism against anybody. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with the system, but the discussion, and frankly, coming from both sides at this point, whether it's on the show or in other places mm-hmm. here, it sounds so much like the language... And the things that were said in the arguments during the civil rights era and used against black people, more recently against gay people in our own country, and saying they are this, and you can use this word but not that word. And it's when are we going to recognize that we are all brothers and sisters who have to live together? Vicki, that is so true. Uh, I love your sentiment. Uh, basically, it's come to a uh, this or that. It's a black or white. It's a uh, net zero gain uh, mindset, which doesn't make any sense, okay? There are uh, compassion that can be an empathy that can be held on both the Jewish side and on the Palestinian side. And we have to look at those uh, roads to make the situation better for all and not just blame one or the other. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, we have to be so careful with the language because the word with the Semite and Mm anti-Semite is very clearly a word that's been used as a derogatory uh, or for derogatory ideology against Jewish people. And we can't get confused uh, on the etymology of that word. It comes right out of white supremacy and eugenics movements uh, from 100 years ago. Okay, Tyree so wants to say something, Wiki. Tyree, go ahead. Hey, Wiki. Um, so I do agree with you. We are, as you know, we're all human beings. And, and it's sad that we live in a world in 2023 that we're still calling out this whole anti-Semitism or, or we got to pick one side or the other. And I agree with you fully that if we should have peace on both sides and that it's 2023, we should stop, stop so much on bringing, picking one side to support the other, especially when we don't know the full story on either side. So I agree with you fully that we're all human beings and that we should all to come together and just bring peace and stop with this whole words and hate, especially with the internet days and everything. Yep. And one of the things, again, uh, that what I wanted to focus on today, Vicky, was what we should be thankful for. Okay. So I am thankful that there is a pause in the hostilities over there. I am thankful that, you know, some of the hostages are coming back home uh, on both sides. I am thankful for that. I am thankful that our administration finally woke up and, uh, you know, uh, went uh, went to bat to bring this thing uh, to, to a halt out there. That is so, uh, you know, so painful for us, uh, especially what happens is the world looks up to America as uh, somebody, you know, who can come in and make things happen. 
Uh, I don't think that you know America should be the world's policeman. That's not what we are here for. But when we have uh, an, uh, a friend like we want to call, uh, then we should be making sure that uh, you know we we are doing things for humanity's sake. And John, uh, you have been pretty quiet on the phone, my friend. Is there the COVID getting to you at home now? No, no, I'm okay. I'm I'm just listening and learning, and I appreciate the caller's <laughs> okay. you know sentiment. It, I think that the difficulty is we have to we have to talk you know to these points, and you know what is the history of the word Semitic and the the previous caller talking about how that was co-opted in the 30s through the through and so many things in our so many terms in our world originated somewhere else and then mm-hmm. were co-opted for for whatever whatever you know was the the mission of the person co-opting the word mm-hmm. and we have to kind of sort that out and without the discussion like we're having here today it's really difficult to get that kind of historical context and you know i think that's that's the key and i think that the last caller makes a good point that these are difficult conversations it's difficult to talk about without falling into oh you said that word or used it yes. in the wrong context and then casting somebody as saying, that's your belief system. And we're at a point where we have to step back. Gary makes a great point that we have to step back, and it's about humanity. It's about looking at no one in any of these situations without some fault or some crossing of a line. Mm -hmm. And it is only through stepping back and saying that the fundamental thing here is how do we preserve humanity? How do we create systems of justice? How do we create... Uh, some level of um, human existence that that isn't creating these kind of walls and barriers between people and trying to break those down. And that's, you know, what discussions like this are for. That's uh, that's so that's uh, so wonderful, John, what you just said. And I mean, I think uh, you have a, a good perspective on uh, some of uh, of these topics also. So you want to finish off the topic for us? Do you want to bring in uh, a couple of your points and then uh, we will move on because we are at about uh, eight minutes to the close now. Uh, is that to me? I'm sorry, I didn't catch. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, well, I mean, I think, you know, we have, we have a lot going on in the world today. The show is about being thankful and I think we all um, you know, have seen that it's hard to suss out what's what's really going on. And in our pre-discussion, we talked about Biden's um, numbers and, and what polls mean. And I think everything comes down to a context. Polling numbers at this point in time as to how people will vote in a year, to me, are, you know, they're 5% of the conversation. The bigger part of the conversation is what's real, what's happening? What are the real results of government action um, from my point, I know the complications of trying to get legislation passed. Um, a lot of times you're holding your nose and, and voting for the best option or, you know, for or against uh, a budget that includes, you know, things you like and things you don't like. And, um, you know, I think as we were you know, moving around our state, you know, in this, you know, over the last couple of days with our travel, we're seeing a lot of construction. We're seeing a lot of um things getting done. Mm-hmm. And all of that translates, you know, directly from some of the things that have gotten done in a Congress that hasn't done an awful lot historically. Right. I mean, this is the least effective Congress we've seen in our in our lifetime and for generations. But we did get the infrastructure bill passed. And if you're driving, you know, I was driving down to near Peoria uh, earlier in the week before my covid uh, kicked in and uh, saw a lot of construction. And I think mm-hmm. connecting the dots that that construction means jobs, means people being able to pay for the meals they're putting on the table, that directly comes from, you know, a, a bill that was passed in Congress, but we hadn't had a, a hit an infrastructure bill, a federal infrastructure bill, which funds 80% of a project like you see on 55 or on 80 uh, that's going on right now. So it's, it's really tough to connect the dots, and I appreciate this show and, and the work you're trying to do to, 
to bring um, awareness to the many complicated things that go on in our society. Absolutely, John. Thank you so much. And uh, there was some kind of a background sound uh, coming in. J- John's making breakfast in the background. Oh, that's what that is what was happening, man. I was like, uh, you know, so that that turkey or uh, is still uh, getting uh, getting done over there, John? Huh? <laughs> well, venison steaks are now going to be in. You know, I got a full deer from my brother-in-law, so we got a lot of venison to work through. They're all getting venison for Christmas. Well, uh, just let me know when I can come and pick it up because that is that is something that I that I miss. Okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, one thing I'm thankful for in relation to that infrastructure bill, which has been in play for just a little bit over a year now, they um, designated. Um, a very significant amount of, I think, $1.4 trillion towards clean energy. And that's really, really important. Not so much for me, but for anyone who's got kids or grandkids moving forward, I'm very thankful that we're starting to turn the, uh, turn the road into making the earth a better place to live. Okay, wonderful. Uh, again, folks, uh, you are tuned in to the Lightning Strike. We come every Sunday morning from 9 to 10. Today's show, I wanted to keep it very light, light-hearted, and also uh, focus on some of the things that we should be thankful for. Uh, you know, we got clean energy coming through now. We, we, we are breathing clean air. We got clean water to drink. Uh, heck, just the fact that you got up in the morning and you're able to tune in and listen to the show is a huge blessing, okay? Uh, The fact that I got up in the morning and I could take a breath and I could drive down to the radio station and meet with, you know, with Ken and uh, and Tyree and Dylan, that is a blessing. Can you imagine how many people did not get to wake up today? I could imagine. Can you imagine how many people woke up with some kind of disease or illness, or you know, debilitating something, a stroke, or something. No, this yes, yeah, a sad thing, but just feeling blessed to wake up every day in the morning to still be alive. I exactly. Know. Okay. So one of the things that uh, that we should get into a, a a continuous habit is giving thanks. Yes, we should. You know, with every breath that we take, be thankful. There's somebody who has not been able to take a breath. Uh, things that uh, we can change, let's work on that. Things that we could not change, let's not even worry about that. One of the f- factors, uh, Tyree, in my life is I tell people I don't have any stress in my life. And they are like... Well, wait a minute, you know me. You have some stress <laughs> in your life. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the uh, things that I purposely try to work on is I don't worry about what happened yesterday. I can't go back and change it. I don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. I may not be there to look at it. I only look at what is happening today. What can I do to make a difference in my life and in the life of others also? Because I'm going to be held accountable when I pass on as to what did I do with this gift of life that God had given me. Yes, you should. More people should think like you, Muhammad. Yeah, that's a very good mindset. And that's uh, on, on that note, folks, you have been tuned in to The Lightning Strike on WCPD, Chicago's progressive talk radio station. Catch us next Sunday, same station, same time, 9 to 10. You can also catch us live on facebook.com forward slash WCPT 820 or facebook.com forward slash TLS Chicago for the lightning strike. Our website is www.tlschicago.com. See you next week. Have a wonderful end of November. We'll see you next month in December. And be careful on those roads today. What is getting a little dangerous?